Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Andrew Holschult for the Quake-like retro first-person shooter called Dusk from New Blood Interactive, which came out originally in 2018 on Windows. It eventually came out on Mac and Switch as well. Now, Andrew's music for the original Dusk, the 2018 Dusk, is symphonic metal. So metal guitars, epic orchestral music, like wall of soundness. It's all wonderful and amazing, and you'll hear a bunch of it. It's great. Okay, so in 2021, though, last year, New Blood released a little prequel to Dusk that's even more retro, and it's a little adventure puzzler called Dusk 82. It's got, like, you know, pixely art and a... Well, I guess the original Dusk kind of does too, but a conversion of the music from this epic, symphonic, metal, orchestral, heavy guitar stuff to literally to 8-bit metal. And it's so, so great. Like, make you break into a giant smile, 8-bit metal. It's so, so good. And it was so fun to talk with Andrew about his music for Dusk and Dusk 82. Uh, Also, you can catch a video of our chat on YouTube. Please do subscribe to us on YouTube. That helps us a lot. And um, we've, you know, we're just amassing a nice following there, but could always use you on the list. So subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can see um, uh, videos now. We've uh, been videoing almost all of our uh, most recent um, interviews since the beginning of 2022. So That's been fun. And uh, go over to YouTube, check out what we've got up there, and uh, we're going to keep doing that. So anyway, here is Andrew Holschult talking about Dusk and Dusk 82. So Dusk, um, like, was basically spearheaded the retro fps revival that we have now which is like insane to think about because it was just like it was me dave oshry and david samansky it was just three three people who wanted to build something cool and david samansky had all the groundwork and he was like i really want to do this thing that's like quake and i was like i love quake and so is so is dave oshry and i'd known dave oshry for years and uh, Ostry had gotten a hold of him and was like, "Yeah, I think we can. I think we can make something cool here." And he got a hold of me and said, "Hey, I think I got something that you would really enjoy." And he shows me a build of it, and I was like, "This is all the pieces are here. It looks like exactly how I remember it." Um, while leaving out some of the things that maybe wouldn't uh, age so well these days. <laughs> and yeah. um, and he goes, "Why don't you know? Do you want to do a, a soundtrack for this game? I think we're only going to do like." I think it was originally slated to have like between seven and nine maps. That's it. And then we're <laughs> going to put it on, on steam. Wow. And, uh, I was like, yeah, sure. So, um, we started working on it and like, as I'm working on it, I'm like, it, it goes from, this is a cool, you know, little project to this could be something much bigger than, than I think any of us understand. And I think like, as the project went along, that started to become more evident for everybody. But basically, like just to reel it all in for the music side on my side, I started noticing that I was giving like way, way more than I normally would for like projects. Like I try to I try to give everything I can for a project, right? Sure. Someone hires you, they want you for you because you do something cool, which is great. I'm like, um, thank goodness. Like, I'm so <laughs> glad that people like my music. Like that's 
awesome. I hope it never changes. Yeah. But there's something about the connection that I had growing up with those games uh, by like John Romero and John Carmack and old guard id and, you know, old guard 3D realms and that stuff where I just made this connection where I was like, oh my gosh, this is tapping into something that I don't understand what it's doing. And so I, uh, I really poured a lot of me, like my own personal struggles and everything with the last four or five years, because they weren't going so hot mm-hmm. as far as my career into that game. Um, and it started showing up more and more where I would listen to these pieces and I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is like really moving for me. <laughs> like, it's just it, everything I'm doing feels like a record I would make for myself. That's the best way I can explain it. Like if I was just making a record for myself, that's what it would be. And Dusk is very much a product of that. And so we go through the first, uh, the first chapter, we get done with it and we're like, ah, this is really good. And we reassess and we're like, we know what we need two more. Like, well, this needs to be a complete thing. So like a few months in a development cycle turned into like, Oh, a year and a half, two years, something like that, where we built out the game for long throw. And it went from, here's this thing that kind of sounds like a nine inch nails record to this thing that just morphs into something completely different by the time it's done. Like it goes from, Hey, you, you guys remember, you know, um, <laughs> broken or head like a hole. And it goes, <laughs> well, well, you know, I hope you like Meshuggah too. <laughs> You know, like, like, so like, it's like the cars just driving around and all these different like industrial and metal influences. But also I wanted to make sure that the atmosphere was there and the tension that I remember from games like that, just unsettling stuff because you're going to all kinds of weird places. So the atmosphere was just as big of a, a part of it as the, the heavy metal side. But anyways, we get through that entire development cycle and we push it out and we were blown away by the success it still sells really well. Uh, the soundtrack sells every day. Like I, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh my gosh, it sold another handful of copies last <laughs> night. Like it's it's crazy. Like it's, I'm glad that I'm a part of it, like an intellectual property that is like this, that has a life, you know, and like, I hope that it can continue to spawn a life of its own going, going forward. We'll see. Um, well, it clearly but basically, did. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But what I'm talking about is like, you know, like future sequels and stuff like that. And like when I'm like 50 years old, there's some kid who's asking me like, how did you make the soundtrack? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) but like, you know, I get to sit there with like a whiskey in my hand and I'm like, yeah, I'll be your advisor. (laughs) (laughs) That's the dream job. So fast forward through all that and like, you know, like all the accolades and stuff that we got, like all the praise. It was really cool. We still do. Still riding that train three years on. Wow. Four years almost. And uh, David uh, came over to Dave Oshry uh, during a meeting one day and said, I got this really cool little thing that I'm doing. It's like a little 8-bit thing that I think, 
you know, it's just a game I wanted to create. And I think we can tie it into the Dusk IP because it's just real small, fun, and cute. And it looks like a game that's built in Atari and it's kind of built like the the puzzles and dusk in certain areas. And he showed it to me and I was like, that's that's neat. And uh, Ashri was like, yeah, this looks like a, a like a fun project that we could just release and people would enjoy it. It's just really digestible. It's just a fun little little uh, little combat kind of puzzles. Sorry to steal the PR notes from Doom. Uh, it's like a little little it's like, you know, it's like a little old school combat uh, like shooter puzzle right yeah and the idea that we had originally was uh you know we just need like some kind of chip tunes with it and then dave always has the moment where dave the producer ashri always has the moment where he uh he says the thing that i'm thinking but i don't want to say it out loud <laughs> and he and he was like why don't you just take the uh the songs from the game like some of the better ones and like just turn them into to chip tunes and i was like man that sounds like a fucking lot of work <laughs> like 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 some of that stuff is really atmospheric and i have no idea what you want me to do with that like yeah. good luck and i was like god uh and like i always do with him for the most part most of the time sometimes all the time i went shit he's right okay uh i know this he said it out loud now i need to say it out loud so that i do it it's actually we used to do that all the time we're like well, i said it out loud so now we have to do it and um Basically, I just started kind of picking out the the most the ones that I felt like fans would be, feel like is most memorable. Yeah, and just started uh, plugging them into uh, like plugging in what I remember from the notations uh, into uh, like a it's like a emulation for, of a of a of a Moog modeled B. It's a real basic, just using sine waves, right? Yeah, not really doing anything else to it, but that's the synth I feel most comfortable with a lot of times, not, okay. not the hardware. It's just virtual. I wish I had a model D, <laughs> but, but uh, like just, just, just playing with it in a really basic sounding synth and then just doing a little bit of processing to make it sound a little bit older. Right. Yeah. And so I just started recreating these things and sending them over to Dave and David. And they were like, this is fucking cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, just do this. This is great. This is perfect. Yeah. And I was, it, they're just recreations of the songs from Dusk that uh, were the most memorable ones, the ones that got the, the most plays on Spotify, the ones that got the most purchases on Bandcamp, the ones that show up on YouTube the most behind like uh, talks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I scoured through all that and just wow. picked them out and was like, okay, these are the ones that I think people will enjoy the most. And yeah, it was, they just kind of came to be like that. had this really crazy idea originally where we wanted to put it through a tape machine which i've got this old tascam 238 over here nice. but but like the heads on it are really messed up and i i sent it through it uh two times and it came out all wobbly and sounded terrible and i was like that's eh, something you know like <laughs> <laughs> it's some kind of result yeah. so those renders are sitting around somewhere but <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Uh, I rebuilt all those by hand. I didn't take anything from the original MIDI sessions. I didn't do anything like that. I listened to the songs, how I grew up playing Metallica in my bedroom. I was like, what did I do here? I'm just listening. And I went, oh yeah. Okay. And then just okay. rebuilt it there. Drums, synths, uh, baking the guitars, that kind of stuff. Wow. But yeah. Yeah. It's fun. favorite transitions between the two between the original and the um 82 version is unquenchable anger oh yeah <laughs> because to you know it's like really pared down from the original and i'm mm-hmm. i'm just curious you know it sounds like it was a challenge no matter what but to you what were some of the more challenging tracks to kind of adjust into this different style that one was a that one was actually the first one that showed up. I think that was okay. that was the easiest one. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, like because um like when we were uh I'm just pulling up the uh the Dusk 82 thing because I'm terrible about title names. I'm awful. Um uh that was the very first one that that I made that I was like, yeah, this'll this'll do great, no problem. Okay. And so that one came out like no problem because that was the first one that I was like, I remember that from development being the milestone moment, that song in general being the moment oh. where I was like, I can do this okay, uh, because it sounded like an old Trent Reznor record. But like <laughs> those guitars are really on point. Like I worked really hard. I mean, like, I hope people get that, you know, <laughs> not just me being like, yeah, the guitars are perfect. And everybody's like, the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like they they sound like that direct in JCM Marshall sound that they used on uh broken and um, the downward spiral that sounds just like really grainy and really like Mm -hmm. ugly, but it's Mm -hmm. also impactful. Yeah. And when I remember when I found that mix and how to make it sound like, Oh yeah, that sounds like that could have come from that era, but like it's a little more produced. There's a little bit more punch to it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, I, this is a template I can take on this record to make it work. And so, like, that was the original, that was the first song I went back to because that was, oh, wow. that's where I was more, most comfortable with. Okay. I hold that one really near and dear.
such a great track on both versions. I mean, oh, thank you. All the versions of all the things are great, but one of the things, like I grew up not listening to a lot of metal, but always loving it and wanting to know more about it, but kind of being mm-hmm. taught, you know, satanic panic and all this. It just wasn't really encouraged yeah. in my household. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And, you know, I like begged for an electric guitar when I was a kid. And I mean, in a lot of ways, my life would be very different, I think, if she had, if my mother had actually given me one. But I think, yeah. you know, it was, it's just always been like something I've really been fascinated by. And one of my favorite things about, you know, cer- certain metal, I guess, is how silence is so important to the whole process because it's yeah. a wall of sound, right? And then it's these chunks where you're like leaving just brief beats of total silence, oh, which yeah. up against the kind of dirtiness and, but yet almost quantized perfection of you know, this wall of sound from the guitars and the bass and the drums. So I guess tell me about making that happen in in, in both versions, you know, just bringing that out huh. in an 8-bit version especially, you know. I'll tell you two versions of it. One of The first one I'm going to do is going to be a technical babble, which is if you can use silence as a tool, it's awesome because if you have a very low floor noise and you can go to that silence where it still feels like you're in a room, like maybe you have some kind of room noise in the background that sounds like, you know, I'm in a room. It doesn't sound like there's just nothing happening in the headphones. There's mm-hmm. something being processed. Hmm. And then you go to kick drum hitting, guitars hitting, and bass hitting all at the same time. And you have a really musical selection of a compressor. It's going to sound like someone's smacking you in the face. <laughs> and I love that. That's why I love going to something that's really just building and then silence for a second and then just dropping the hammer like that, yeah. like just on just on a listener. But you have to make sure that whenever you do drop that hammer, you do add something really colorful on top of it that makes them go, oh, OK, that was worth it. Huh. You know, because if you just drop the hammer and then you just go back to what you're doing, it's like, fuck was that for? <laughs> uh, but like the. um on the less technical side of it, yeah, it's it's more of an impact thing. Like I just I enjoy being able to build to something, have a moment, and then maybe not completely drop everything out. Maybe there's like one instrument in there that's that's carrying you along. That's just going, oh, you just, we're we're about to get there. Just hang on, and then like you know, it's it's building, it's building, and then just dropping it out to one thing, and it's like, oh. What's what's going on now? And yeah, and then just impact. I love that. But yeah. it's 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 like dumb typical action movie in my head because I'm like <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like I I don't know, I enjoy it, so that's why I do it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silence that's- as a tool is great. so good now talk to me about on the original soundtrack is that all you on guitars drums are you are they real drums are you playing them on a keyboard i mean it sounds real to me but everything <laughs> sounds real to me these days so yeah like, it's all really well done these days yeah so how'd, how'd that go um 
No, the, the, the drums are all fake. Like, well, wow. not fake, but like the, the drums are all um, programmed, but they're programmed okay. in a way because it, that makes them seem real in areas. Sometimes they're not meant to be sound like that real. Like on some of the stuff where like unquenchable anger is not meant to sound that real. Although it does sound like those snares sound are convincing at times. Yeah. yeah. But I, the way I'll do drums just to stay on that topic for just a second is I'll select a kit that I like that I think sounds really good, right? Like I that's that's the first thing I do when I get on the internet once a month is I'm like what new drum kits are out that someone's built that somebody's mic'd that sound great. And yeah. so I'll I'll go try a couple out and I'll maybe find one a new one that I like. But I'll take a drum kit like that and then I will start doing <laughs> the part that no one likes to do, but they probably should, which is okay, I have this great drum kit. I don't really like the snare. The kick's okay. And whenever I play it all together, it sounds good, but it doesn't sound great. And what you got to do there is you have to set up a system. Uh, you have to set up a system of my kick drum is going to do this to do the entire mix whenever it hits over a certain dB level. Or my snare drum is going to do this to that. And also, hey, by the way, when you're hitting the snare, it's also going to trigger the sound of like a 44 Magnum, like stuff like that, <laughs> like just really deep diving to where you can just make it sound like something really impactful. Like the drums need to be larger than life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So going in and doing stuff like that and maybe replacing kicks or adding on to the kick drum, like a, uh, a sub synthesizing note where it just extends the low end and makes it sound like, whoa, what's going on here? But that's the drums. Like, and that's like, that takes me like a handful of days, like a week to set up that up in most times, sure, most cases. Yeah. yeah. Just to, just to engineer that after that. Yeah. I play all the guitars. Sometimes I will layer in, um, like a keyboard, like fake guitar sound, especially on dusk. It's there a lot. It's just mixed back mm -hmm. a bunch. So you'd never be able to tell, but it's there because if you did take it away, you'd notice. And every now and then uh, on newer projects, sometimes I'll mess with, uh, okay, I like the way my guitar sounds. I also wonder what happens if I throw in one of these guitar VSTs that's playing the exact same thing that I'm playing right in the middle. And I wonder, mm. just as a different guitar that's in the mix, yep. I'll try that. And I think I've used that like one or two times, but nothing, nothing that comes to mind, like right off the bat. Mm -hmm. It's just a, like a taste thing. Like I've already played the parts. Now I might as well just see what this is like. Uh, bass sometimes is me. And sometimes it's, uh, sometimes it's a VST because VSTs are faster. They're easier and they sound great. Okay. Um, and I program everything else. Synthesizer. Well, I program everything except for the guitars. Yeah. Uh, but synthesizers and everything else, that's all sitting down, playing the part, and then going in and automating things by hand over and over and over again. Yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs>
So you mentioned earlier about, you know, playing Metallica in your bedroom when you're younger. And so I'm just curious what your musical life was like. You know, what was guitar what you started with or did you start piano or did you anything else like that? My first instrument that I got was purchased by my mom and dad, I think after I had shown enough interest over and over again that I wanted a guitar and it was like this old Dan Electro <laughs> that was like had sparkles all over it and stuff. It wasn't like, you know, your heavy metal guitar by any means, but yeah. it got the job done and it sounded awesome. And I, I played that thing for years until I mowed a bunch of lawns and around the neighborhood. And I forget what else I was doing. I was doing something else, but I saved up enough money to go up to the guitar shop and buy myself. I think it was like a BC rich mockingbird at the time, Okay, which is like this. They just look ridiculous. Like it is just, <laughs> It's it's basically it looks like a like the Slipknot guitar player's guitar, but just a little bit different, right? It's okay. just there for looks. Yeah. But I wanted it because you know I was twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and you know they look like the guitars that all of the people I was looking up to played. So I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's what I want. But basically, um, whenever I got a guitar, I, I bought a hand, a couple of pedals, like uh, just some really really simple stuff. We didn't have a lot of a lot of money. Everything was pretty pretty tame and um as time went on i found myself kind of going how do i record things and when i say time i mean like six months how do i record things and i figured out that i could plug in my guitar to a distortion pedal and put it directly into my sound card which is a terrible idea don't ever do that (laughs) but i was doing that uh i was doing that back then and i could i could track my guitar into pirated software in the computer you know <laughs> i think i pirated cakewalk sonar whenever it first came out <laughs> that was where it all started <laughs> but um yeah like i i became obsessed with that like i'd go up to whenever we'd go to like walmart or or kmart or target or something like that i'd be like i'd go over to the computers and be like i want i want to find one of these usb microphones you know save up 20 bucks and buy one of these the ones that look like a huge banana and like just put it in front of my mic or in front of my uh my amp and then track that way and then try and sing it and it sounds awful you know but like it was it was still it was something i think i still have those recordings somewhere oh god but like it was it was it was something you know yeah, yeah. and that's really where it started for me was being able to capture my own ideas and figuring out how to make it sound good i remember putting out like a record like to my friends in high school that I was really proud of that I did with like a terrible little drum machine. And um, at the time, Amplitude, which was a VST that had just come out in like 2003, I want to say. It's like the infancy of digital. And it was emulating guitar amps. And I was like, this is incredible. It sounds awful if you go back to it now. But I was like, this is great. You know, it's like it's like the, the Line 6 pod, like for anybody who remembers those. There was these little red kidney beans that every guitar player had that you'd plug in and it's like this is the future and like if you showed that to somebody now they're like that is that paved the way for the future but that definitely <laughs> wasn't the future you know like <laughs> but, <laughs> <Yeah>. but um <laughs> yeah like i i put out like these records for my friends and like it was me and my best friend jason bates playing guitar on it and like we would do double duties uh singing and stuff and it was a metal record it was it was cool um yeah. 
but that was the first moment where I was like, I could make an album at my house. It doesn't sound that great. Yeah. But I remember thinking as a kid, it doesn't sound that great, but I can also make a record in my house, which means that if I give this a few more years, this like production will get infinitely better. And I was totally right. (laughs) Production, (laughs) production got way streamlined for people at home. Production got, I mean, like we're sitting here on a fucking zoom conference. You have an RE 20 and I have an SM seven. And like, this sounds like, you know, the Howard Stern show in 1998. (laughs) So like, and this isn't costing anyone anything. It's costing our internet bill. That's it. You know? Yeah. 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 So like production got like way better uh, very quickly. And that's always just, it's, it's just been a thing that I've been like, Oh, I'm so interested in it ever since I love staying in touch with the technology side of it. But yeah, making records in my bedroom back then and then being in a band and touring around Texas for a handful of years and doing that whole thing. And mm-hmm. God, I think I did that for like eight years. Wow. Um, so, you know, cutting your teeth that while holding a job and maybe going to school and the whole thing where it's like, hey, not sleeping, I'm drinking a lot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that it's it's that whole thing. Yep. And then at some point it just turned into you tell me I could make records for the things that I enjoy with my most downtime, which is games. Mm-hmm. And then that I was just like, that's that's what I'm doing. I'm either doing that or I'm doing film. And maybe I'll do both. Yeah. And that's that's where it came came to be. How did you end up working on, because of course Dusk is a Doom clone, so somehow people found out easily that you're really good at it, at at doing that music. So how did you end up working on some of those Doom reboots? And I mean, even I saw on your Wikipedia page, which we all know how factual these are, but I saw that you worked on the Rise of the Triad reboot too. So that was my big break. Yeah. So so yeah. talk to me about because I literally just interviewed Lee Jackson. Uh, a oh, he's great. Weeks he lives ago. like twenty minutes away from me. Fantastic fella, and yeah, obviously awesome. amazing for Duke Nukem music and all that stuff. So talk to me about that relationship and how you started working on some of those titles. Um, Rise of the Triad was the first uh, like project that was out in the public. Uh, the public consciousness that I was attached to that had enough people on it where it was like, Oh, you know, you could, you could kind of springboard off of this if you really wanted to. Uh, that was 2011 when we first started development on that. And that came from a group of modders who were working on a project called Duke Nukem 3d reloaded, which was done in the unreal three engine. Um, they got permission for Gearbox software to do something with it, but then that was later revoked, I think, because they wanted to do something. Gearbox had plans with Duke Nukem Forever, and they didn't want that IP getting mixed around. And it's understandable, like, yeah. in hindsight. At the time, we were like, oh, what the fuck? But, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, if you're a huge company and you're like, yeah, I, I'm kind of betting the farm on this one, you know, you don't you don't want the 
the public perception to be why is this game better than this you know yeah. like it, you don't even want to give it a chance yeah um but whenever we got shut down on that apogee software uh terry Negi and scott miller got a hold of me and or not got a hold of me got a hold of uh interceptor the company at the time and said we want you to make a reboot for rise of the triad and we were all like cool we all remember that game awesome yeah like i loved rise of the triad it was goofy <laughs> and um and it had fucking killer music like lee yep. jackson knocked it out of the park in that game yeah. and i think that was his first game that he he actually worked on i could be wrong on that mm -hmm. i think that was the first soundtrack that he was like that they were like hey write the music and he was like okay and it was like oh my god <laughs> but, <laughs> i might so be wrong good. on that yeah. but um yeah they, they asked me they were like could you could you redo uh this music like in like a modern style and i took a listen to it I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be really tough. I was like, well, obviously, you know, what kind of, what direction are we going? They're like, well, you know, we, we were thinking like, you know, rock and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I can, I can do that. That's going to be interesting taking that, uh, that violin solo that's going on right there and transposing <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> Yeah. but um, like, I, I don't have the chops for, for some of that stuff. So there was a lot of, there's a lot of editing there, <laughs> but <laughs> But um, that was the first project. We we did that for about a year and a half, almost two years, and that project changed my life. Mm -hmm. That was that was what showed me, yeah, you you can make this a profession. Uh, everybody involved, it was it was cool. It was a great experience, yeah. and also it was like it came during a time whenever I was having some really really big problems uh, personally. Oh. So it really lifted me up, and like I was like, oh man, yeah, this can this can work. Yeah. But yeah, it. Uh, that project funded Interceptor for a few more years and they went on to do a handful more things and then they did the 3D realm stuff and they're still they're still kicking now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that we we went from that to we went from the Rise of the Triad stuff to working on a game called Bombshell that didn't do too hot at the time. Uh, then we went, did another one called Rad Rogers, which was it was okay. It had it had an had an okay reception. But after that, you know, whenever you have two things where it's like, hmm, these are all right, you just, I'm like, I, yeah, I, I, all right's okay. I need something good, you know, yeah. I need not yeah. good. Like that sounds bad coming from behind or from before, but like yeah. I need something with a little bit more substance and a little bit more direction. Mm -hmm. And that's where Dusk showed up. Wow. And like I'd been craving to do something like that for a long time. Yeah. And so I just, I just threw everything I could at it. And like at the same time that that was going on, uh, me and a couple other people had left the company Interceptor and they started another company called Indefatigable and they're from New Zealand and they did a medieval. And so Dusk and a medieval, the two games from New Blood that are like regarded as, you know, this is the retro FPS. Hey, if, if you want to play a new retro FPS throwback game, there's a good chance that Dusk or Medieval are going to be mentioned in in that same sentence when they're going like, you should play this. Yeah. And they were done, those development cycles were done in parallel. Like wow. I was working on a Medieval and working on Dusk. Like Dusk was by day, a Medieval was by night. Wow. And it was cool. Like <laughs> they, they, they were, they, everything I wanted to do, like for the last like five years, I did in those two games. And it, I was so pleased whenever the reception was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, but th that led to uh, those games being that popular, and you know, people kind of doing the whole word of mouth stuff with with some of my work led to uh, mm -hmm. 
me going over and working with Adam Pyle on Quake Champions. And yeah. like that one blew my mind because I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, Quake Champions, crazy. Uh, because um, I think it was Chris Vrina, uh, the former drummer for Nine Inch Nails, did the first part of that soundtrack. And they were like, we want to add some more music. And they approached me and I was like, you want me to be on the same soundtrack as Chris Vrina? It's like, okay, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and so I gave them something and they complimented it really well. And I, I wanted to make sure that it was, you know, good, like yep. really good. Like it couldn't be something that, that it had to, it had to sit on the same level. It couldn't be something that people looked at and were like, uh, you know, yeah. so it had to, it had to be just something a little different that sits on the same level that complements Chris's work because man, <sighs> I don't know. Like, I'm such a big Nine Inch Nails fan that whenever I saw that, I was like, it just has to be good enough. Like, it has to be just on the same level. I don't want it to be, I don't want to sit here and be like, I need to be better. Like, that's, that's terrible mindset. You just need to <laughs> yeah. make something that complements it. Yeah. So I did that. People really responded really well to it. They, they enjoyed it. I'm glad for it. That was one of my favorite development cycles to work on. Nice. Um, well, they're all they're all pretty great, but like that was a really good one because Adam had some really nice words for me at the end. Um, at the end of it, like I, you know, all these development cycles, you get you get worn down. Like you, you're just like yeah. you're like oh, I'm so tired. And at the end of it, um, Adam said something to me that I hadn't heard from uh, like a a way up superior, which he was like, "Hey, he's like, I just want you want you to remind, or I just want to remind you that." you did all this. This wasn't me. This wasn't my direction. This wasn't any of that. He's like, that's all in you. He's like, so you take the credit. That's 100% you. And you take that with you in future projects and you should be proud of yourself. Wow. And I was like, oh man, because it's like <laughs> a lot of times, like you don't get to sit down and um, mm -hmm. do postmortems and talk about like all the work with, yeah. with uh, past games you've done because everything's moving so fast. Yeah. So for him to like take time away from id and just be like hey i just want to talk to you and tell you this real quick i was like oh yeah that's really oh. special So that was that was cool but yeah that that led on to uh proteus which is killer soundtrack i still have some stuff that i'm trying to release with that but it's going to be kind of cool. tricky um the nightmare reaper and then and right at the beginning of the pandemic doom eternal incredible the dlc the first dlc and the second dlc and i that's a split job between me and david levy i did half he did the other half there's no okay. way i could have done all that by myself yeah um but like we got all, our own levels to work on and okay it came out super great but yeah that, that's that's kind of summed up that's yeah. how i went from a to b yeah no that's that's incredible and it's like you know it's it's not like there aren't any metal so i mean one of the things i thought of right away was metroid when i first heard dusk 82 right you know that's oh, like, cool that's yeah like that's a hey, bit metroid I, you know, I, like, I love that that's where you first went that's great yeah. 
Cool. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are precedents and there are examples out there of metal uh, soundtracks and stuff, but I love that you've found this niche, you know? I mean, it's like, it's really not that common. I mean, I can count on one hand the number, and I've been doing interviews about this for a very long time. Like, I can count on one hand how many, like, metal types of sound soundtracks I've covered, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I think yeah, that's yeah, yeah. really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Also, I love how, you know, the original Dusk you said was just going to start with a couple levels or something like that. And that soundtrack is two and a half hours long. It's two hours and 40 minutes long, actually. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I know. There's there's a ton of unreleased content, too. Like I said, really? I, was just, I was, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was in the zone and mm -hmm. it, was, it was, that's, there's a piece of me. In, in yeah. that game, there's a piece of me in all game all games that I do because by the end of it, if I can't look at if I can't look myself in the face and be like, man, like a piece of me left with that project, then I'm not happy. Like <laughs> okay. I, for real, like yeah. as an artist, I, I'm not happy. That that might be almost un, a little too unhealthy in a work environment because if <laughs> that goes toxic, you're screwed. You know, <laughs> yeah. like you're just you're digging your own grave. Yeah. But um, thankfully, all the projects that I've been in. And I've been picking and choosing them. They've all been with really awesome people and awesome developers, and they're very mm -hmm. trustworthy. And I just know when I get in a development cycle, if I go to this person and I'm like, I'm handing you something that I feel like I should put on my own record, and it's yeah. like a personal piece for me, and I know that if I attach it to this game, it's going to be really cool. Please make this a good experience that, I, you know, I can pick and choose these people. And if I trust them, cool. Yeah, yeah. we can do this. Yeah. I love that it's gotten to that point. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And of course, uh, you also mentioned earlier in our conversation about, you know, all the ambient music that's on the original Dust soundtrack because there's tons of it. And obviously, because you're g going through these janky ass levels trying to kill monsters it's amazing <laughs> david Szymanski <laughs> would love that you put it that way yeah i mean it's what it like, is yeah right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's so satisfying though and oh yeah. my god like i remember the first time i played any of those games so it's just like i remember the first time i played doom and i remember the first time i played wolfenstein so i mean those were right these were the these were the games and so yeah um it, it's just yeah that's i don't remember where i was going with that but um <laughs> it's oh all good. maybe all the ambient music cuz there's a lot yeah. of wandering around right so uh, you got to keep their attention it, yeah so talk to me about you know r writing in that style as opposed to these big boss battles and and things like that yeah actually these days i prefer i prefer i look forward to the ambient more than i look forward to like the big the big stuff sure um, the ambient, there's some kind of connection there that I feel like gets overlooked a whole lot with, with people where they're like, nobody thinks about it a whole, like a bunch where they're like, that ambient's great. Like people who have really pay attention to, mm -hmm. and that audience is there for sure. But like the, the main audience is always looking for, you know, the, uh, the BFG division by Mick Gordon and stuff like that. You know, like, like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's the sound bites that are like, whoa, this is incredible. But really the stuff that leads up to it is the meat and potatoes. Because if you don't build to that moment, you don't have shit. Yeah. So if if you don't like layer up, you know, oh, you let's say that you just landed in this, oh, we'll just go with dusk. Um, you land in this creepy farm and like there's weird wind going on in the background. It sounds like there's moving gates 
And also there's somebody playing a violin that's like, sounds like it's broken and like all this <laughs> other shit, like what's going on here. And as you move forward, some of that gets a little bit more aggressive. Maybe, maybe it's built to where around the two or three minute mark where play tests have shown players get right here. Yeah. Uh, it, it starts to turn a little bit and then maybe you hit a trigger and then maybe the BFG division where like, you know, that kind of thing hits. Yeah. I love setting that up these days more than anything else setting up the player to experience something um and the atmosphere i feel like is really where that is so spending more time on atmosphere is is one of my favorite things to do right now it's admittedly it's a little bit easier work a lot Mm -hmm. of times because you're only working with a couple instruments but you can you can really dive into detail on those instruments and that's what i like i think i like being able to sit down with like like something like this, like this is a Lyra eight synthesizer and then just throwing it through like some, uh, some pedals, like a reverb pedal, maybe like a really light distortion Mm -hmm. and just finding something that I like to work with creepy stuff. So finding something that sounds unsettling where I'm like, Ooh, that's, that's strange. Mm -hmm. And then just playing for a while and then picking those pieces out and, and being like, okay, how could I arrange these to where, this ambient is for this portion of the level. Then when you get a little bit further, this ambient's for this portion. It sounds a little bit like something else is going on. And then maybe this one. And then we'll, you know, I'll spend the month building the metal track for you over here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like like building up to that stuff is is really, I feel like what's important for me nowadays. Whereas at the beginning of my career, it was all about like how do I just blow the doors off, you know, yeah. right off the bat with all of the things that you can hear, like, you know, all the metal you can handle, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. These, these days, it's just, I, I don't even consider it metal is what I'm really creating a whole bunch of. I'd say it's closer to the industrial side. you're a gamer so i mean it, assuming you have time to do that these days what are you playing i do <laughs> i ju- i was just playing uh, escape from tarkov before you called because i can't because okay. because I, I hate myself <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's a good one but man i am just uh i'm at a point in that game like that game has so much depth it's a like a military immersive simulator yeah so you can do all these crazy things. And one of them is like, how are you going to fund your operation? It's like, well, you can find all of these items and then build a Bitcoin farm in your hideout. And I just got done with that. I'm like, and like the second I, I, I hit build, I was just like, Oh God, like I don't have time for this. You, know? <laughs> you built a Bitcoin farm, farm in your inside. video game. In yeah. Your, in your game. yeah. 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 So that that's that's a fun one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> most of the time I'm playing like online stuff because, you know, like there's so much high frequency bullshit that's going on with making music where I'm trying to extrapolate ideas. And like I'm by the end of the day, I'm just looking like this, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you know, and hopefully I've got something good by then. Most of the time, if it's oh, my God, but, you know, I've got a smile on my face, I'm all good. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. 
but at the end of the day, I really I'm looking for uh, I'm looking for an axe to grind. So I'll, I'll get on like multiplayer games and just you know, yeah. I'm not toxic player on the microphone by any means, yeah. but by myself, <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna fucking get this motherfucker. You know, <laughs> so, so so Escape from Tarkov and Hunt Showdown is what I'm playing the most of these days. Nice. Yeah, and some battle mode in Doom Eternal. I really enjoy that too. regards to scary music um because it's just something you've kind of glossed over a couple different times yeah uh, are you a horror fan do you watch horror movies and things like that a little bit okay. um yeah like I, I i definitely grew up watching like a, a bunch of horror but like yeah. having time for for movies these days and like shows is pretty yeah. hard, like yeah. because a lot of times I want to decompress and that's not that's not going to decompress me enough. Sitting on a couch and just seeing someone else's view and not being interactive is yeah. going to make me go, uh, and like I really I need something to do. Yeah, you know? you'd rather game to chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it keeps me in touch with what's fresh and what's new, too. So it it's a yeah. it helps both ways. Yeah. But the last thing I did watch all the way through, I think, was Chernobyl. That was oh, a good one. Yeah. Uh, do you know that soundtrack has? Uh, I forget who did it. She's she's really talented. She's got a couple things under her plate, but uh, she went to some uh, nuclear facility and recorded sounds inside of that, and actually used that in the soundtrack. Nice. And like like used them musically. I was like, oh, that's that's good that's professional that's good that's good yeah. idea yeah yeah that's, yeah, that's a professional that's, for sure that's good that's good yeah and uh andrew what are you working on right now that is there stuff you can talk about that you're working on yeah there's uh there's some stuff i can't and there's some stuff i can right now i'm about to put out uh the soundtrack for nightmare reaper which has been an early access for i think like almost two years now okay and that comes out on monday the 28th of march so that game ships from early access that day. The soundtrack will be live. It'll be on Spotify. It'll be on all kinds of stuff. And nice. I'm kind of teasing a little bit here and there. So that, I've got that to look forward to on Monday. That'll be cool. I have a nice glass of whiskey that day. Um, <laughs> we're working on the a Medieval DLC right now. The music's just about done Sweet. for it. And I'm just finishing up some sound design stuff. I think that's what I can tell you right now. Okay. <laughs> Looking right. over at my whiteboard. I think that's... <laughs> I think that's Hand what I can the tell camera you. And no. <laughs> Blur it out. <laughs> yeah. Career over. <laughs> yeah. And I see the cask in the background and you just mentioned whiskey. So are you a whiskey guy? Yeah. Uh nice. well I, like to be honest, like I'm not I, I was a I was a big drinker in my like you know, like eighteen to like twenty eight, okay. twenty nine. Yeah. yeah. And like just at some point I was like mm. I need to be able to wake up and do things <laughs> that seems <laughs> yeah. important you know <laughs> yeah yeah so uh but like i i love making uh making it out of things that you wouldn't normally make it out of like the oh. last batch that i just pulled out 
that's a five liter barrel over there. Yeah. And what went into it was terrible talk of vodka, like five liters of talk of vodka. So I just put wow. talk of, I saw, I saw like a handful of like people who are professionals, like, like, yeah, you can totally do this. And like, wow, I put in like 90 or a hundred proof talk of vodka and then threw, uh, some uh some infusers in there and let it sit for three months and literally just pulled the stuff out and i was like this went in clear and now this is really brown <laughs> and it smells amazing and it tastes great and i'm like this is wow. this is magic so <laughs> i love just that. yesterday i like after i pulled that stuff out i was like what is something else that is awful that i can put in here and maybe it'll come out good yeah. so i went and bought uh three 1.75s of kentucky deluxe <laughs> I was like, this is terrible. So if this, if it can do something cool with this, then wow. you can do anything with these. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah. I like the little science experiment side of it. My, uh, my brother and my, uh, my sister-in-law got me one little barrel at the very beginning of the pandemic. And I was okay. like, Ooh, this is interesting. And so I've just been kind of playing mad scientist with it. Ever since. What else do you want to say about, you know, anything you've done or are going to do or, you know? Uh, I really, uh, one thing I want to address is I really hope I can get the, whenever Proteus ships, I don't know when that'll be, but I hope I can get the extra music that I made for it, uh, put into the soundtrack that was already released because the issue was with Proteus whenever it first shipped or whenever it came out of early access was they called me and said, we need a soundtrack, built them a soundtrack. They said, perfect. That's all we need. All right. Right on. And then like months later, they were like, Hey, I think we should do some more music. And I'm like, the soundtrack's already out. Like, Oh no. And so um, I'm trying to find a way where I can get a hold of my distributor and be like, can we just add these to this stuff without like, you know, removing a skew? Like, I don't want to remove any a skew from anything, but everything's almost yeah. everything streamed these days, unless you're buying from like Amazon Music. Yeah. So I think I technically could and nobody would care, but I'm at that weird point where I'm like, yeah, but I don't want, you know, the day I do that, the, the day I do that to get like, you know, 50 emails of you fucker, you know, like, <laughs> like you're so anti-consumer, you know, like, like, no, like, it's not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to figure out how to put those into that release and if that's even possible. I'm not sure it's possible without right. removing that skew and then putting another skew up with everything all tied to it. But Right. I'd like to address that because I've had a bunch of questions of it. Yeah, I'm trying I'm thinking about it and as I get done with a couple of these projects, I am going to come back to that and be like, "Okay, how do we do this?" Cool. And if I have to put it out as something separate, there'll probably be something separate that's just like, you know, cheaper that you yeah. can you can grab so that way you can still have this and these are just extras mm -hmm. we'll see yeah we'll cross that bridge yeah. but uh the other thing i'd like to say is thank you to everyone who who buys the records who plays the games you know like it's it's so cool like i <laughs> I, I it's so awesome getting emails back and forth like yeah. every week where it's like oh can you tell me how you did this? You know, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, yeah. hey, I listened to your music while I was doing this and it inspired me for this. And 
I love looking at that stuff. I may not be able to reply to all of it, but it's, yeah. it's incredible. And like, it blows my mind every time. So thank you for listening and thank you for supporting. It's awesome. It means the world to me. Well, thank you for talking with me today. It was thank you for having me on. Super amazing to get to know you and to hear your music and just the pleasure it's brought me over the last four weeks or so is, is really special. So thanks, awesome. Andrew. That's great. I love to hear it. Thank you for listening to Level with Emily. You can learn more about Andrew Holschult. You'll find a playlist and you can support Level with Emily at patreon.com level. And check out the video of our chat with Andrew on the Level with Emily YouTube channel. Please do subscribe to our YouTube channel to get all of our new videos of interviews. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Hi. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.